In a world, near a land, and at a time, there was a man. There are little people, and there are big people. The big people are big, and the little people are less big. I'm a little people person. Standing in the capital, talking, standing some more, and talking, and talking some more. The issues we talk about are important, very important. There is a man for these conversations, important conversations, conversations with people of power, great power to rule the world near a land, and at this time. I am the man. One man, a man whose power to stand and to talk, and stand and talk. Talk about important things at an important time with the most powerful people about the littlest of people. Really, they are very important conversations, and it is important that we are having them. One man among many. Lobby Man. Oh, you little people. I am a big people, and I will always win. Lobby Man, I'm a little people. I'm a little people too, Lobby Man. <laughs> Lobby Man, I'm the littlest little people of all. They have gone to caucus. The doors are closed. The pizza has been ordered, and we're hearing they could go late. Little people. <laughs> the voting board is closed. Closed maybe forever. The world for the little people is dark. I'm here for the little people. I am a big people, and there is no one who will stop me. No one who can stop me. In an epic battle for a world near a land, and at a time for all the littlest of people. People may talk and people may stand and talk, but no one can defeat me. A timeless battle for all time. All standing, all talking, standing, talking. But one man, is there hope? Who will survive? Who will help the littlest people who can? Lobby Man. Lobby Man. Coming soon to a handheld device near you. This movie has not yet been rated or even made. Impersonations done by unpaid, highly paid professional actors. Oh, and this is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, <laughs> didn't your microphone break when we were... No, I was an idiot and I think I had something muted and wasn't paying attention. You okay? It's my allergies. Literally, I have... COVID. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I don't have COVID. Jimmy got tested to be sure. You couldn't have, I'm like, edited that better. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. 
I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his. It's, on his it's desk always right here. Now. It's always here. And by the way, the, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> well, that was something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Bobby something. Man. Oh my god. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode. It's a good episode. It's going to be a unique episode. Yes. Uh, so this is Matt Resch. Welcome to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Um, I am the owner and president of Resch Strategies. Uh, we bring you this little podcast every other Thursday. And director and writer of producer. Uh, our, our, yeah, you of this podcast the first, in particular. Yeah, the first time any we've done a bit that I didn't do like all of it, Matt. That was all Matt. So yeah. this Props. is the Dwight Pilot Robert <laughs> <laughs> or the Cookie Monster. Cookie is for C. Yeah, so that's my inspiration. Or Sato. Sato from, from Karate Kid to Miyagi! Miyagi! <laughs> yes. Carly, have you seen any of those movies? <laughs> I know who the Cookie Monster is. Well, thank God. All. Okay, I can't go another minute without thanking the voice. Bob's voice, Bob Olson. He's the, just so good. I, You and I have talked about this, Joe. His... We hate him because of his job yeah, and the fact that he get he gets to do this all day. We just we we wrote up the script, sent it to him, and he of course said, "Absolutely, I'll do it." The next day, he just sends us this file of amazing. Even it was just his lines, and it was it was great. I played it for someone else who's not like in this office, and they were like, "How did you get the movie, guy?" <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, so he's he's clearly a pro well i'm sure they'll say that when they hear kirsch's voice and my voice and certainly your voice i mean the high to me the, i laugh <laughs> out loud every time i hear the trailer when i hear what how do you do it <laughs> i can't even do it lobby man i'm the littlest people of all i think we learned that i can't do it when put on the spot it has to be a spontaneous uh a spontaneous read anyway that was awesome bob olson uh bobsvoice.net if you ever need a voice um or just a fun guy to talk to. Reach out to Bob. Thank you, Bob, for helping us out with that. You can reach this podcast at reststrategies.com. All of our episodes are posted there. We also are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you are an Apple Podcast listener, we ask that you subscribe there. Give us some ratings. I definitely think this trailer is worth some ratings, so please go there. Rate us. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at reststrategies, and of course, Cold Oatmeal Podcast is on Twitter itself at Cold Oatmeal Pod. Uh, so that's it. Uh, let's go around the room. Who we got here? Nikki O'Mara, Carly Buell, Joe Pesci. Our good friends Nick and Stephanie are not with us today, and boy, they're, they are they missed out. out. No lines for them in the movie. Do you think really. Stephanie mm. will ever hear this? No. I don't. We might have to. Like, she should. She should definitely listen to this. I mean, she should, but would she? Unprompted? <laughs> no. 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 Absolutely not. Probably not. But she should, because today. Our guest is, as you may have heard, lobby man, Jim Kirsch. Jim is a lobbyist with Kelly Cawthorn, a multi-client firm here in town. I got to know Jim a long time ago uh, when he was lobbying for AT&T. We've long worked with AT&T and got to know him at that point. Now, why do we have a movie trailer about a lobbyist? Well, that's because um, before Jim, well, actually, I, we'll let him describe it, but Jim has 
uh, real-life IMBD profile and 13 acting credits. He's actually appeared in Batman vs. Superman and a movie with Clint Eastwood in it called The Mule. Mm. So, um, yeah, he's a lobbyist by day and a movie star by night. That's crazy. And we are going to talk to him a little bit about how he got into this whole little hobby, this little movie hobby, and what he's got, what movies he's been in, what or if he's met any famous people, and if he's got anything coming up. So, yeah, lobby man, Jim Kirsch. Jim Kirsch, lobby man. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thanks, Rush. Thanks for allowing me. I thought that, you know, with two years build up to an election and the election, you know, this is going to or this is coming out two days after the election, that what we should spend our time talking about is a lobbyist who's an actor. <laughs> so that's why we had that's you. We decided to. <laughs> that's my level of interest in the election at this point. We're yeah. going to just blow right I past that. I think we're all probably at that stage right. at this point. Now. Yeah. So we don't know who won. Yeah. Who cares? Um, but Kirsch, Perfect. thanks for being with us. Thank um, you. Uh, like I said in the intro, you are a lobbyist at Kelly Cawthorn, multi-client firm downtown. Yeah, I started there about uh, three years ago. I love working there. Good crew. Before that, you worked with me when you were at AT and T. Yeah, that's yeah. We worked a lot when I was at AT and T. So we're seven months into this pandemic. What is what is lobbying life been like as a trying to do this remotely and from home or wherever you're doing it from? I think it's been tough. I think most lobbyists would probably agree on that. Um, you know, our job is a lot of face-to-face contact, talking to legislators, ad- administrators. and um, So this has been tough. Uh, it's been tough for everyone, I know, everything going on. I have a junior in high school. This hasn't been easy, uh, especially my friends that have uh, younger kids too. But uh, it's 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 been tough. We'd have to, you know, we had to... Uh, learn how to use Zoom. Mm-hmm. A lot of Zoom meetings. Um, do you think? Do legi- how is it going? I've heard mixed results about people's trying to have a legislative meeting with a lawmaker over Zoom. I've heard that you got them focused on the t. Te- you got them right there, and they got to listen. And I've also heard stories about how they totally zone out. Um, I think you know probably a little of both in meetings. Yeah. Um, they're extremely busy. Uh, we know the House is running for right. um, election right now. The Senate is not. Um, but I've had a lot of legislators that we've had meetings with really focused on the issues. Um, but again, I think they're swamped. I mean, they're going through. Right. Um, and we've all been on a lot of Zoom meetings. This has been a, a learning curve for a lot of individuals, including the legislators on uh, operating on Zoom. And it, I've always thought that interesting because, as you know, Matt, for years businesses have been trying to uh, have individuals use like Skype and other uh, platforms, and um, uh, I think this was uh, people were kind of forced into it now. Yeah, with, with everything that's going on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what and whoever comes back to the offices that are down here once they once people get adapted to it. But yeah, I think that's true. So we could talk about pandemic and lobbying all day long. I'm sure, and could we, we? Would, we would have people just <laughs> on the edges of their chairs, but. The, the, we have been trying. You are a bit like the white whale on this podcast. I've tried to get you on here for months and months because well, COVID with the COVIDs, right? Well, yeah. it's harder for you to get away now that you're, we're all stuck. But so you have a, a. I don't know. Is it a hobby? How how would you describe your acting career? I would. I don't, first of all, <laughs> uh, career is a little aggressive. I don't. Um, Thirteen credits. On my IMBD. My but. main focus is on Kelly working for Kelly Cawthorn. <laughs> Let's make that clear until the big call. Got comes. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so on my off time, I have been in some movies and, uh, how did this happen? Shorts. I, 
I vividly remember the day that I saw Randy Richardville. You didn't think I'd give Randy it. I saw Randy picking up something uh, from Casacheks. I think he was picking up a tuxedo, and it's when they were filming uh, Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. and, it, and they were filming a scene at the um, museum on campus. Because um, I, I asked him what he was doing, and then I realized I never signed up for that. Yeah, as we all remember, that's when there was some film incentive tax right. credits here yep. in Michigan. So uh, they're there, making movies all over the place. There, there was a lot of Hollywood movies coming, you know, big productions coming in Michigan, and um, that's that's gone away since. But um, so then I just went online and signed up for the uh, agency that was in charge of casting the extras for Batman versus Superman. That's and, I, awesome. and I filled out the questionnaire. I sent in some photos. And I got an email within a week um, asking if I wanted to be an, an extra. These are mm-hmm. not speaking roles. Um, for now. As an FBI <laughs> as an FBI agent. And so So I, you weren't in the, the you weren't in the famous party because there's like Debbie Stabenow, Senator Debbie Stabenow was like wasn't she in the, the yes. reception at the Steve's art museum? I think Steve's shoulders in a yeah. shot somewhere really? too. I, I would like say there. most of the people that that we know in this room that were in the movie were in that scene. Mm-hmm. That reception at the yeah, art museum. Yeah, that was filmed in East Lansing. This was in the studio um in Pontiac area. So you were studio. you were an FBI agent? FBI agent and actually made the, you know, it, I've learned over the last couple of years, you know, you shoot scenes all the time and you don't make, you know, you get cut. You don't make the final mm-hmm. uh, version. Um, this one, uh, I am in the end of the movie, though, and you can clearly see it's me because somebody had seen the movie and sent me a text before I had seen the movie and asked me if I was in it because they saw me. That's awesome. So, so how did you was, how did you get the FBI part instead of the party part? Did they just see your look and be like, this guy's an FBI yeah. agent? How did that yeah. happen? Is that what that was? <laughs> <That's> probably, <laughs> okay. I, well, and, and since then, if, uh, people that I talk to follow this stuff um, joke with me that I'm kind of typecast in that role. <laughs> um, yeah, like I sent it, a photo in. IMDb and, profile. And uh, yeah, so it made the, I was happy that it made the movie though. Yeah, so is that picture of you, and we'll use this photo, I think, for the, the podcast so everyone will know what we're talking about. Is that picture the kind of, it, 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 you look like a cop. You look just like an FBI agent. The one where I'm standing there like looking at something? Yeah, that, 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 that oftentimes your friends yeah. and friends around social media use to post. Yeah, to, I took that picture off the TV when I got the DVD. That's, so that, that's, that's, my, that's, my, the <laughs> picture, that's the picture from the movie. That's yes. you in the movie. Yeah, it's at the end of the movie. Okay. So how yeah. did you you know, launch this side career, I guess, from Batman to, you know, you have 13 credits on IMDb. Yeah, I've followed a couple, um, some from that agency real style, Mm -hmm. um, but most of those are extras. And then I just, I've I've followed a couple of uh, Facebook pages of acting stuff in Michigan. Where you just apply for it kind of thing. And usually do a video, you apply and then they'll send you some lines and you actually do, especially with COVID, you do a video audition. So Have I've, you been doing auditions during COVID? I've been doing video auditions, yeah. Sweet. Um, I just filmed something a couple of weeks ago in Grand Rapids. It's going to be a short. It's going to be on Amazon Prime in January. That's awesome. With, with lines. The, so now you have these lines. These lower budget ones that I do now are usually, these independent ones are with lines. You know, I'm, I've kind of progressed. I'm not. Yep, yep. <laughs> how much, <laughs> keep growing. How much time do you spend doing this? Like in a, in a oh, week it's not or a month? Lot. Uh, Between like actually filming something and, and not, doing auditions, and, and it's not weekly. An audition okay. takes me, I don't know, half hour, okay. memorizing the lines, and then actually 
Andrew Smith from our office, after hours, will help me sometimes. He's my videographer. He'll <laughs> <laughs> or he'll read my lines for me. The other lines. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yell, Andrew, line. Andrew, line. line, line. <laughs> yeah, that's, my, that's my favorite with movies, too. Line. So what is your, if you look back, what is the... <laughs> The best experience because you've like thirteen credits. You were in in the mule. You were listed in as being in the. I'm mule. in the yeah. I have a picture on my IMDb. Yeah, you do behind too. Bradley Cooper. Uh, that was. Uh, is that the one? Is that the mule one? Is that the court scene? Yeah, that's the court scene, and that okay. made the that made the, the that picture again is me taking a picture from the DVD mm. once <laughs> screenshot. That was with uh, yeah. Uh, so that was a courtroom scene. I was there for about eight nine hours and. Because um, these things are long. If you've ever been on a movie set, you shoot the same scene over and over again from different angles, and then they decide uh, post-production what they're going to um, cut, which angle they're going to use mm-hmm. for certain scenes. So it was cool. Bradley Cooper was sitting in front of me, Michael Pena, Lawrence mm-hmm. Fishburne was two rows, you know, like as you'd sit in a courtroom like the pews. What were they? What were they like? I mean, I guess those three guys, but I mean... You guys are friends now, right? Dealing yeah. tight. Like, <laughs> just tight. <laughs> Watching no, them for eight hours. Like, do they... Well, sometimes they get up and leave, and then they have, like, a spotter sitting for them. But you have to sit there the whole time. It seemed like Bradley Cooper was reading some other stuff. He was probably preparing for another role, actually, while he, while during the downtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, you get to, did you get to interact with them at there? all? You're not really supposed to talk to... No, you know, it's like that Seinfeld they, episode when when Kramer was it Kramer wants to meet um, was it Woody Allen? Come on, you, dude! I'm I, looking at Joe. You know every Seinfeld episode. I thought. <laughs> anyway, sorry. When, yes, not, yeah. there is that episode where Kramer wants to like talk to Woody Allen. Anyway, go ahead. I wanted to see. I've been a big fan of Clint Eastwood, not necessarily politically, but I mean, growing up <laughs> watching all Clint Eastwood movies. So he was the director, and he starred in that movie. That movie is actually based on a true story. And they didn't really highlight it that much, but the arrest occurred in Michigan. I thought that. I think yeah. it was outside Ann Arbor. Uh, the 90-year-old gentleman was pulled over. Um, but Clint Eastwood. So I got to see Clint Eastwood and listen to him because it was kind of interesting. There would be points where he, uh, while we were all sitting on break, he would be talking to Bradley Cooper and Michael Pena. And I'm sitting right behind them, so I'm just sitting there listening to the conversation. Are they it just was, shooting the shit, or is he like giving instructions? Like, oh, like I have this? one one thing he said. Oh no, he was, sh- he was shooting the shit. Uh, one thing I remember, he was talking to him, and he said, "Hey, you guys like this suit I'm wearing?" <laughs> and they looked up at him. Yeah, I guess. Uh, is that guess, Steve Young or Clint Eastwood? That, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you had Steve on here. I didn't listen to the whole thing. Um, I'll, I'll have to go back and listen to Steve's, but um, yeah, it is the same one because you've heard me do Steve yes. too. Um, you like the suit I'm wearing? And they look, yeah, yeah, that looks okay. Bradley Cooper, yeah, that's okay. Goes, In the line of fire, 1992. I don't throw away anything. <laughs> so he had a suit. He was Clint Eastwood was wearing a suit from '92 in that movie. That was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so anything that's like you you worked on that you're what you mentioned the 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 thing on Netflix, right? Anything else? That it's gonna be got? on Amazon Prime Amazon, coming up in January. It's a short. I think it's thirty. I think he, uh, he said it was gonna be about thirty five minute runtime. Um, but he's hoping to do a sequel, which he's slotted me for. So awesome. Called Contingency. It's gonna be coming out. You'll probably see me post something on Facebook when I. Well, I'll, I'll probably watch it first, and if I'm bad, <laughs> you won't hear anything from. How me. many if lines it's good, do you have? I will post it. Um, I'm in two scenes: the first scene and the last scene. Uh, probably ten lines, okay. fifteen lines. Are you an FBI agent? 
I'm a, I'm a detective. <laughs> 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 I am a detective. So. Nice. So did you, I, same, I, same I, it, it, it does mention in your IMBD profile that you were on the state championship 1984 uh, class two basketball team. Yeah, I threw that Did you do there. any acting in high school or at any point? Have you done any no, of this? No, and you know what's interesting? I did, I did not. In Oak Park, I grew up in Oak Park, born and raised. Um, I grew up between eight and nine miles off of Coolidge. Uh, Oak Park had uh, a great theater program, and I may have helped out a little here, but no actually acting. I mean, for example, we had like a theater in the round. Uh, we, of course, had an auditorium like all schools do, but we also had a theater around. And there's been some individuals that are uh, pretty famous in the field now. Uh, Jeffrey Seller grew up mm-hmm. down the block from me. Jeffrey Seller is the producer of Rent in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Lippa went to Oak Park High right around the same time Jeffrey Seller. He's big in Broadway. Um, so, but I did not. I had some friends that did, but I did not. So really, it, it all comes back to Randy Richardville. I don't yeah. want to give Randy that much credit, <laughs> you know, but it is it is right around the time when they were filming in East Lansing. Do you only? I shoot, thought it'd be interesting. Do you only shoot stuff that's here locally in Michigan, or have you like gotten on a plane to go be an FBI agent in the background, like in Hollywood? Uh, crazy enough, the thing, the Mule was filmed in Atlanta. Okay. Um, I think Clint Eastwood would have filmed it here if there was film incentives, because he filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank on the one movie that was. He filmed another movie here. Gran Torino? Yeah, Gran Torino. Yes. Oh, that's right. That was. Yes. Um, but most of it locally, or uh, I went to Cincinnati for something, Dark Waters. What's that Mark Ruffalo. I saw that picture, yeah. That's, that's about PFAS. And so don't take this uh, the wrong way, but I'm curious. I just, so you yeah. mentioned you're going, you, you go to Atlanta, like on your own dime? Uh, I get paid while I'm there. But you, you had to like pay yourself, you got to yeah. buy your flight. Yeah, I went there. Because so, I wanted to, as going back to that, I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan. I wanted to actually see Clint Eastwood. So again, don't I, don't take any offense by this, but there isn't another guy who could play a FBI agent and sit in a courtroom in Atlanta. Like they brought. I must have been. My photo must have been <laughs> yeah. that. That good, was that was a Rush. good photo. I know. That, I'm just thinking, but I. That you would go well, all the way, or that point, they, would, that they yeah. would want someone to come down from Michigan. And I, I probably got lucky that I was positioned where I was too. I mean, they positioned me there where I was sitting. It wasn't just random. Everybody goes sit. Right. I mean, the director, uh, it was, this wasn't Clint Eastwood. He had another director also, um, was positioning people where they wanted him in the shot. So you're all like, all the extras are kind of just, I'm picturing this, they're like standing in the back of the courtroom and waiting like, am I going to get a good seat? Am I going to get a bad seat? Am yeah. They sit, just, can I sit next to Bradley? They can just file people where they want them. Are you like the one guy who's like, yeah, I got a real job? Is everyone else like some struggling actor who's like waiting tables and then you're just like, well, oh, think, yeah, I'm a lobbyist? Uh, well, I, uh, most people are probably struggling, especially in Michigan. Okay. I really think if you really wanted to make it in the in the movie industry and you know make it a, a full time career, make a lot of money, you may want to move somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Not for example, Michigan. Atlanta's filming as much. There's as much filming in Atlanta as there's filming in California right now. Oh, okay. But neighboring states have the incentive. I'm not here plugging the incentive, but I mean, right. neighboring states have it. Um, Ohio has it. And they follow, They kind of followed Michigan after because we yes. we went all out with it for a long time, and then it dried up. And so well, Atlanta is like, I mean, Georgia's crazy. Uh, Georgia's, I think, five, six, seven hundred million. Wow. They're investing in it. So you're going to keep doing this? You're going to going to keep growing the side uh, career probably. of yours? I'm on my off time. Uh, yeah, when well, you so fit it, it in? Just interesting things. I'm not going to 
spend too much time away from my family. Just to, <laughs> yes. Just so go, do you have just go anywhere? So uh, I kind of pick and choose what I, what what seems interesting to me, like a role or it's a, nice that or you a project. Can. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, Kelly Cawthorn's been supportive too. That's oh, great. Giving a lot of Kelly Cawthorn plugs. I just love every them. five minutes. Well, they're like a family there. I just love them. You got to figure. You got to like a little. A Kelly Cawthorn and polo that you should wear. <laughs> yeah, we don't have, I don't have that idea. Do you have like a dream scenario that you'd like to play? Like, if, is there like a like if you could mm. be a star in a movie and like you're gone for three months shooting it? Like, is that something you do or do you not? I've always think thought about of like myself that? maybe like a uh, poor man's Ed Harris or something. Ooh, oh, yeah. you could do that. Yes. The hair is at that point now. So <laughs> I can. I can uh, no, I think you're right. You got that look. Um, does this ever come up in your? Day job, the law, the lawmakers ask you about this. Do they know this about you? Uh, yeah, it's it's come up. Yeah, people laugh about it. <laughs> yeah, or they call you know they joke about that. I dress up as Batman a lot for certain. You do things. dress up like Batman a lot, or is that just one picture that keeps getting recirculated? Um, I well, Halloween. Uh, we're filming this uh, day before Halloween tomorrow. I'll dress up as Batman. Um, <laughs> if kids are coming out, who knows what's going on tomorrow? But I have a feeling there'll still be some kids mm-hmm. socially distanced. Right, um, of course. With mask and I'll probably have candy on a table that kids can just grab mm-hmm. when they're walking through the neighborhood. Um, during the co- COVID about Batman, what I try to do too, and I only did a couple of them um, when people I knew they had their kids were having a birthday. I told them to send me some information about their kid, and I did a, a little video as a Batman, cameo, like a, a uh, bat- <laughs> wishing them happy birthday. <laughs> That's awesome. You should that get on cameo. Awesome. You should totally get on cameo. You could do. Oh, I haven't been on that. Do you know? Do you know what that is? No. Yeah, you, you know I'm not working at AT and T that long too. Resh knows that I'm not the most tech savvy individual. <laughs> uh, um, no, Cameo is this play this online website where you can go on, and you can you can pay actors to send a greeting to someone that. Oh, I know. Okay, I have seen this. Yeah. I didn't know it was called Cameo. Yeah. So when Billy, little Billy Beal was born, oh we uh, <laughs> we hired uh, Chuck Norris to do a little <laughs> a little message for Laura and Jimmy. And Billy. Yeah, it was great. It was <laughs> iconic, honestly. It was. it was pretty cool. So is there like a highlight? Like so far, th- 13 credits. I'm not sure what, like if you think back to what you've done so far, what's the coolest the coolest thing you've, you've thought, wow, I can't believe I'm sitting here. Is it when you were there behind Bradley? That would probably be it. Uh, the Batman vs. Superman was cool because that was the first thing. Uh, it wasn't the first thing I did. I, I did a, a smaller independent thing as an extra. Um but Batman Superman was cool because we were in a small room with Zack Snyder, the director, mm-hmm. and the cinematographer, and it was just like six of us in the room. Um, I haven't seen the movie, admittedly. Is there is like are one of the main characters in that that room with you? No. Okay. Um, so I thought it would make the final cut though because it was just us. You know, most of the time, if you're an extra in a movie, and the focus is on the main characters, right? You know, and people are blurred out in the background or whatever. But um, I would say those there's definitely a difference between these major productions and these smaller productions. How do they treat you as an extra? As a, like, I think everything I've been on has been fine. Like they don't, it's they, been they're good. They're they're good. They're not jerks about. Uh, uh, my experience has been positive so far. But I think you probably could see online people probably may right. have horror stories or whatever. Can I ask? And you don't have to give me a dollar figure. Does how does it pay? <laughs> I how was going to ask that. Pay? Well, the one in Michigan paid. Uh, I, f- I forgot what it was. Hourly, not a okay. lot. Oh, okay. 
Oh, and then these smaller ones, usually it's like a fee, a flat fee. They'll pay me uh, to come out. And so, is that something that is unique to you, or is that like, is yeah. it an agency thing? Like, okay, you know, these these folks are 100 bucks an hour. I think if you're on any big production, everybody at least gets whatever it is, $10 an hour for being there. Okay. So do you yourself have a fee now? For them to hire you? No, or I, don't ha- I don't. Ha- I don't. Ha- I don't. Ha- I don't have an agent or anything like that. So maybe we should get you one. Yeah. Yeah, I should do that. We should get you one. Well, because you don't pay for it. You know, there are a lot of scams going out there that have people uh, trying to get people to pay them to find them roles. Mm-hmm. That's not how. I don't think. My understanding. That's not really how the industry works. They're supposed to uh, get, you a have an agent. They get a agent. If they get right? you a role and you're getting paid, they get a commission. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. Um, Jim Kirsch doesn't get out of bed for less than fifteen dollars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm not spending that much time. On, so I, I do have a day job, but we talked about that. That's a Kelly coffee. What do they do again? <laughs> are they jealous? Like so, Dave and Rob and 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 Melissa, are they jealous of all this screen time you get? This? No, I think they're they're extremely supportive. <laughs> I, I I can't tell if it's uh, they they really like it or if it's a running joke. I I don't know. I, I'm trying to get to that middle ground of where that's at now. But no, they've been very supportive. Cool. Um, it comes up in a lot of discussions with clients. It, I bet it's a great conversation starter. Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been fun. You got guys yeah. anything else? I don't think so. Well, so what is the so what should we look? Wait, for? Wait, what? Whatever, oh, what should we look for? Well, the. Uh, and again, I'll post it on Facebook okay. after I watch it, though. I shouldn't be promoting it that much because I want to see how I did first. <laughs> I haven't seen any of it. I've seen some still photos of it. That's called contingency? Which I put on my IMDb page, okay. which you just Google Jim Kirsch and you can... What's this one called, this new one? Contingency. Contingency. Okay. Um, so we'll see how... And I filmed something else over the summer uh, or earlier in the year uh, before pre-COVID. Uh, uh, Angels Among Us, I was playing an angel believe it or not. Oh, wow. Well, that is, you really switched a, it up. Yeah, that's a, really deviating. In a, in a dark suit, though. I mean, I, oh, I, look, okay. I look like a cop as an angel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a okay. cop playing an angel. Um, so really not that different but that, at all. But that hasn't moved forward. Uh, with a lot of these lower budget ones, they look for funding right. before they can really okay. move forward. You know, they, they'll shoot a pilot, kind of like a pilot or a, mm-hmm. a, f- a first episode and trying to get funding for it, so... So this is something that, and I, admittedly, I don't watch a ton of TV, so maybe you guys can answer this for me, but I've been wondering. Me too. I watch a ton of TV. <laughs> Let's see. So the my time... Wife, my wife does. The time lag between, so COVID hits, and everyone wears a mask, and everyone's six foot apart, or at least they're supposed to be, and people are filming movies, right, and filming TV shows. When I'm curious to know, like, like my favorite TV show is Bosch. You know, it's a detective show out of L.A. And they're they're filming right now. They show pictures of them filming. At what point do they start wearing masks while they're filming? Because that's the that's part of the real life they're yeah. dealing with. Like yeah. how many how many movies think... got started and got like halfway through and like, oh, crap. Now everyone has to wear a mask. And if we do this, they, it's not going to be. I think most of them have stopped. Yeah, um, they are starting to pick up. But, for example, there's something filming in Detroit right now. Um Kill Switch. I think that I think that uh, Soderbergh is the director, um, and they're doing. They're going. I haven't been on that set, but they're doing COVID testing left and right, 
and everybody's wearing a mask until the scene starts. So mm-hmm. even in scenes, uh, but I haven't been on that set, but I think that's what I think that's what's happening. But I'm even like, when does when do the masks get written into the story? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think like, it would have to be something. Obviously, it'd have to be something present day. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, this Kill Switch movie, uh, the the setting is in the 50s, so obviously okay. that oh. wouldn't. You know, most movies have a setting, a time period in the setting, mm-hmm. so they would never do that unless it's going to be something right. that's supposed to be twenty twenty. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch when, when, you know, to see if the TV shows that like the real life, real current time TV mm-hmm. shows we're watching are matching what everyone else in the. World I would think do. they'd have to, otherwise yeah. they get called out on it. It's been interesting to watch. It's not that interesting, but somewhat interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like we do a lot of work with like stock photos and stock footage for ads and and and. Yep. and, and to see the library, you know, when this first started, tr- the number of pictures that we had available to us with people wearing masks was, you know, yeah. a nurse. Like yeah, basically nothing. And, and now there's now a ton. A ton of, in- of stuff that's been now produced. it's like, oh, you want a gardener with a mask on? Here's the Here option. Here oh, you yeah. go. Here you go. Yeah, it's right. a crazy time. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking a, a little bit of time this morning this, during this crazy time well, to come and share your story. Thank you for having me. I was talking to my wife about coming on here. I said, Reshma, must have, it's like he got to the end of the internet and I got on. Uh, <laughs> That's not at all episode, true. Episode 1000 or something. Or 64. Um, Close. 64. <laughs> we, we, we put a list together um, every season about people who we want to try to get. You've been on the list for a while. You've been the hard one. I've been trying for a long time. It's, look at I'm booked. I don't Kelly Cawthorn. <laughs> I didn't know these. I finally had to agree to the fee. So you I've been here a half hour. You got seven fifty coming your way. Yeah, seven fifty. <laughs> so good. Well, I appreciate you coming by. Thanks, Jim Kirsch. gotten close to being in a movie no no i actually did apply for that batman versus superman thing because they hated your look everything was doing yeah (laughs) i didn't even hear anything back (laughs) i haven't but i like was sitting here like i need to get on these facebook groups i like this sounds fun i would do this it does sound like a fun little actually thing to do i was on a i was on a uh clown show when i was in second grade (laughs) oh what show Happy the Hobo. <laughs> okay, I don't remember. I definitely watched one when I was little. But we you watched Bozo, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Well, All we right. lived in different. This is a Fort Wayne. This was back when they had little independent TV stations, and in Fort Wayne at three o'clock in the afternoon, Happy the Hobo came on, and he was this little clown, and there was a studio audience of like fifteen little kids, mm-hmm. and the th- part of the show was you all lined up, and Happy kind of got on his knees or whatever, and then. Like the kids would come up and he would say, what's your name? And you would tell him your name and then he would make some horrible joke and you would run back to your seat. And so I had a friend who I think like got for his birthday and it, 
tickets to the show. Like his parents got him tickets to the show and for him and a friend. And so he brought me and it doesn't happen so much anymore. But when I was a child, my last name was never pronounced right. Uh-huh. It was always it was always either Reesh or Rush. Yep. And so I I'm on there and I'm just I'm terrified. And so I'm in line and I run up to Happy and he's like, hey, what's your name? And I go, Matthew Rush. Well, you rush right over there. And I was like, just, <laughs> you got my name wrong. <laughs> it's the closest I've ever come to being in a movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this. I want to find this. Is yeah. this on YouTube you somewhere? Can we find this? You know, I, there's got to be an archive of Happy the Hobo someplace. <laughs> it was one of the most, it was a, just a ridiculous show. It was just, it was a crazy show. Channel 55. Was it a show you actually watched <laughs> or did you just go along? Oh, no, I watched okay. it. Yeah, it was happy the hobo because so, he would do he would do magic tricks and juggling like what clown stuff, and then he would like show cartoons and so it'd be like it's like it was only a I think a thirty minute show and so like little cartoon shorts and some juggling and kids were you could, really excited to meet him? Was this a highlight? I wasn't like really he my friend it was really my, my friend's thing I was I was a shy kid I did not I was not really into it but I was like I was there it'd be kind of cool and then he screwed up my name. Mm. To go get like That's a McDonald's sad. Happy Meal afterwards without any condiments on it. Was that like the follow up? Yes, the next tra- traumatic childhood experience trying to <laughs> trying to order a hamburger with no ketchup and mustard on it as a child. That's what? awful. Yeah, back in the day, young people, <laughs> McDonald's was a horrible, horrible place. It's a good place now. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> better. Now. It's better because at least now they care about your preferences about the food. Back then, if you ordered a Happy Meal, you got a hamburger with ketchup, mustard, and pickles. Fine. Some kids like ketchup, mustard, and pickles. I I did not. I still don't like pickles. You just want the meat, cheese, bun? But they made the hamburgers an hour before they put it in the box. Yeah. And so getting one without that stuff was this major production. And so I would go. I I hated getting invited to these McDonald's (laughs) birthday parties where everybody got a Happy Meal because, you know, they make the Happy Meals an hour before the party. That's all garbage. They hand you out these boxes. And, of course, I got a hamburger with pickles on it. I'm like, I don't like pickles. And so I go up there to the counter, and they're not programmed in 1982 to make a hamburger without pickles. And so there were like three birthday parties where I just traumatically stood next to the counter of the McDonald's waiting for them to make me a hamburger without pickles on it. Am I the only one who already knew this story? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> this story. But I hate it. Why didn't still you just so upset about it? Yeah. Why didn't you just I ask for it, nuggets? Like I did for the next thirty-five years. I true story. True story. <laughs> Chicken nuggets were the only thing I would. I hate McDonald's. I go there for breakfast. Yeah. Cooper, my my nine-year-old, loves McDonald's. Okay. And so anytime we're on the road together, he wants to go to either Starbucks or McDonald's. <laughs> Well, Starbucks Good aren't all that nice. easy to find when we're driving up back and forth from up north or whatnot. So it was Labor Day weekend, 2020. Okay. Cooper and I are driving up north. We stop at McDonald's. I relance. I'm like, fine, stop at McDonald's. I look at the menu really for the first time since I was eight. I'm like, you know what? That quarter pounder with bacon and cheese sounds pretty good, and I'm just going to try to order it without pickles. And they like just gave it to me. I'm like... So they figured it out, and it was the best hamburger I'd had in a long time. <laughs> like, so I discovered McDonald's at the age of forty-five. Oh my gosh! And I had chicken nuggets since since. Their nuggets are bad. Well, like, no. <laughs> oh, like they don't taste good, good, or they're not high quality because 
both. <laughs> yeah. Go to Wendy's though. Wendy's are way better. Wendy's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. No, I didn't say I liked the McDo- McNuggets from McDonald's. It just was the only thing that didn't have pickles on it. Well, now it. you know. Yeah. Because everyone is so picky now, they have to I be able oh, to yeah, adapt. And allergies you know? and stuff. Yeah. No, I know. It's, but that's. It's a rough life it for is. Matt growing up. It was. That's it really sounds like right. I feel for you. I know you guys can't relate because it was a long, long time ago. Right. But Way before the early eighties. Yeah. Early eighties were a dark well, time for yeah. children. I wasn't alive in the early eighties. A dark time for kids. I was definitely not alive. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Um, good episode, Joe. Nice work on the music on the trailer. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, Lobby man. We'll see. Joe, you barely did any. Of the work. Right. I know, and I'm more... Congratulations to Matt, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good no. job, Matt. These episodes are fun. I like this. And I wanted to get Kirsch on here for a long time. So Jim Kirsch, I appreciate him coming on and, and talking about that his fun little side gig, his side hustle. It's good. Okay. Anything else? No. I think we're done. No. I think we're going to get Thank Stephanie you. or Nick back here ever? No. Not sure. Was, Not Stephanie. Maybe yeah. Nick. Nick will show up every other time. I feel like Stephanie might be done. That makes me a little sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Miss her. Okay. Well, next time, we'll talk to you soon. This has been the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. <laughs>